a difference a night can make as we came up two nights ago. One of the worst losses of the season, probably the low point of the season from a feeling uh, excitement morale perspective, having lost two of three to the Nationals and then winning the final game and then getting the walk-off with the Franco homer and then coming back the next night and just getting whooped. Just whooped. Team that didn't get to town until four something the morning before after playing 11 innings against the Red Sox in Sunday night baseball. Um, not cool, man. And uh, 16 to 2. And yet, yet, last night the Phillies come back out and have maybe their best win of the season. Certainly one of their best wins of the season. They win at 9 to 8 in a roller coaster come from behind win. A big lead that had come from behind as uh, it was just a wild night. Ejections, big hits, home runs, blown saves, more blown saves. Just a uh, a really crazy baseball game that we'll dive into. The game that you really Maybe propel this team forward. Look, we've had too many of these. Um, oh, this game will turn them around type moments. But this one um, against the Dodgers in the moment and the way it went down with Harper being the hero, which we will talk about, it was um, a little bit more impactful than some of the others. But ultimately, they needed a win last night and they found a way to get a win. So we will dive into it all. What's coming up? A whole lot more. This is. Phillies today. I'm your host, James Hilter. It is uh, Wednesday, July the 17th. As we come off just again, a thrilling nine to eight victory from your Philadelphia Phillies last night. Just a a absolutely awesome, awesome win. As the Phillies jumped out to an early lead, Scott Kingery homers in the first one, nothing. Phillies then Max Muncy. It's a monster shot. Vince Velasquez to tie it, an upper deck shot to right field. But then the Philly Storm right back in the bottom of the second. Brad Miller, bamboo Brad, back in full force with a two-run homer to make it 3-1. to one. And then Bryce Harper, a few batters later, with two runners on. A mammoth, mammoth shot to left center field out to the batter's eye there. Just a monster shot. They said later it was a 458-foot home run. That is just insane. As that would not be Harper's only big hit of the night. But at that point, you're up 6-1. to one. The Phillies jump on Walker Bueller. is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Made the all-star team this year. Was a playoff beast for the Dodgers last year. And the Phillies jumped all over him. But slowly, predictably, Vincent Velasquez began to falter. Gives up a two-run home run to who? But Cody Bellinger in the fourth as Bellinger continues to plague the Phillies. Then also gives up a home run to A.J. Pollock in the fourth. Then comes back in the fifth inning. I don't know why Kapler let Velasquez hit in the bottom of the fourth and then uh, brought him back out for the top of the fifth. It felt like a weird decision in the moment, yet he did it. And, of course, he comes out and gives up a home run to Jock Peterson immediately. Gets a couple outs, ultimately gets pulled after that, the Phillies are able to hang on to the 6-5 lead for a while. We'll get to that. Velasquez, four and two-thirds innings, five runs, four earned, five hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. Um, struggled uh, a little bit at the end there more, but look, Velasquez, he's, we know the story. 
The fact that Velasquez has to be a starter for this team again is just depressing, and it's disappointing, and I think you all know where I stand. And he was Velasquez. Uh, Jose Alvarez comes in and gives him a really nice inning in two thir- uh, inning and a third of clean baseball. Gets out of um, just uh, – he's pitched well. Juan Nicasio back off the aisle, gives him a couple thirds of an inning. Adam Morgan, a, a clean inning and a third. And then um, you're feeling good heading into the ninth inning. It is a 6-5 to five ball game. Of course, we're all terrified. We're all terrified. But at the same time, you know, you're feeling like, all right, uh, Hector Neris can't do this to us again. We're going to be okay. Hector Neris warms up, and then, oh, no, the rain starts pouring down. They have to delay the game in the top of the ninth inning after Hector Neris is fully warmed up. And we had a good, like, 25, 30-minute delay there. And it was uh, it was frustrating. And then the Phillies come back out. They come back out. And, of course, as we could have predicted, Hector Neris yields two base runners. And then pinch hitter Will Beatty goes yard. A three-run home run. Just a absolutely devastating moment in the moment. Um, something where after the 16-2 to and to, to come back and put up some runs and then kind of peter out offensively tonight and then to be holding on, holding on, holding on and then to have it slip away from you in the ninth inning just a real gut-wrench moment there. Hector Neris is going to uh, next batter David Freeze. Neris hits him in the upper back area towards the head. Freeze gets really mad. The Dodgers bench freaks out. The umpire tosses Neris from the game. Kapler would come out and also get tossed. Kapler's third ejection this season. Apparently ties Dallas Green for the team record this season. I didn't realize that. Fiery game. But in this case, look, I don't... It didn't seem to me like Neris threw on purpose, but I, I could be wrong. It certainly seemed like the type of spot where someone could throw it on purpose after a big home run. I didn't see if Beatty celebrated a lot or not, but I know the Dodgers are a very boisterous club, as they have every right to be because they play great baseball and they win games, and when you do that, you should be able to celebrate as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I, I don't know whether he did uh, did it on purpose. Dodgers clearly thought he did it on purpose. The umpire did as well. Either way, not a banner night for Neris. Neris gets pulled. Ranger Suarez comes in, gets out of the inning. And uh, it just felt like, man, this sucks. Kenley Jansen's coming in. What a disappointing loss this is going to be. It felt like um, they had to have this game, and and to lose it like this in the top of the ninth yet again after the Juan Soto home run versus Washington, losing that one, and then, of course, the just debacle from two nights ago, the 16-2 to horrendous showing, and you're just feeling like uh, it just sucked last night. It sucked in this moment. But then in the ninth inning, you know, who'd have thunk it? Kenley Jansen on the hill. The rally starts with the unlikeliest of sources. One out. Who steps to the plate in a pinch hitting role? The worst pinch hitter in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies, as far as I'm concerned, Andrew Knapp. And yet Andrew Knapp, the Andrew Knapp, Rips at Kenley Jansen, pitching to right field, a double for Andrew Knapp, gets the rally started, Cesar Hernandez singles to right, Scotty Kingery steps to the plate, 
Two on, one out. Kingery, a bloop single to center field. Almost looked like it was getting caught, but it slid in there and bounced on the ground. Nap, nice base running there. Scores there. And now Kingery and Hernandez are on as one. Mr. Bryce Harper steps to the plate. Harper sees a pitch he like and rips it. To right center, Pollock coming on, unable to make a play on it, kind of bounces off and bounces to the wall. That would be all she wrote as Cesar. And then Scotty come flying around the base pass. A two-run walk-off double for Bryce Harper. Harper was as jacked as I have seen him yet in a Phillies uniform. He was losing his mind. And, and look, with good reason there few things in sports better than a walk-off victory in baseball when you get to be the guy who provides it, especially in a game against the best team in the majors, record-wise, talent-wise, the way they played in a game where after last night you lose 16-2. to It's an embarrassing way to lose, no matter who you are, if you're a professional athlete, even if you're a team that has been lifeless and listless far too often like this Phillies team, you still have to have some level of pride and, and uh, competitiveness and uh, when you lose 16-2 you'd hope that, that that would show up the next night and uh, and you would say alright we're not we're not letting that happen again we're not going to let that happen again and they fought hard and then it looked like it was going to be snatched away and yet somehow some way really really I, I it's again after 16-2 after the way they've played for the last month and a half after the loss against the Nationals in similar fashion, it, it just, uh, it really felt like they were going to lose that game last night. It felt like it. It felt like it when it was 6-1 and Velasquez kept giving them runs. You're like, uh-oh. And then when it was 6-5, even in the ninth, it, it felt like, uh, maybe Neris can do it, but I'm not, I don't feel good about it, especially after he warmed up in the rain delay. And then when he gave up that runs, it definitely felt like they were going to lose. I, I just, I, I'll admit it, I didn't have faith. I didn't expect them to come back in the bottom of the ninth. And they proved me wrong. And shouts to them. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome win. Again, maybe the best of the season, especially when you take into account it was against the Dodgers, a team they have played four times this season prior and lost all four, right? Or excuse me, five times. Whatever it is, they've never beaten the Dodgers this season until last night, and they did it, and it was awesome. And it was really, again, you hope it's a springboard type of win again. I think we've seen too much from this team to think that, you know, oh, well, that's good as springboard. But you never know. Baseball's a weird sport. Just the fact that they could lose 16-2 to and then have the type of win they had last night the day after is weird in and of itself, but... Ultimately, they get it done. And, uh, you know, look, it was certainly... It, anytime you can have Walker Bueller on the hill, uh, who is, again, an all-star, one of the best young pitchers in baseball, no question. Um, when you have going up against Walker Bueller and you got Vincent friggin' Velasquez on the hill and you can find a way to win that baseball game, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Those are the ones you take and you say, thank you very much. So really nice. And again, also, you know, uh, and, and nice to see the offense show up. How about that? Nine runs. Nine runs after a very quiet series against the Nationals. Zero runs, three runs, four runs, and then only putting up two in the 16-2 debacle last night. They finally get going. Kingery, uh, two 
hits, including the home run, scores three runs, two RBI. Cesar had that big hit. Bryce Harper, two for three with the five RBI. Two walks in there as well. Really nice night for Bryce. That OBP at 373 right now. The slugging percentage creeping up, 577, uh, 477 at the moment. Um, and uh, Brad Miller, that big home run shot to Brad. Vinny Velasquez with a hit and a run score as well, which is uh, always fun to see. But ultimately, they won last night because of the offense and because of some resiliency. And thank goodness, because we all needed it. Unfortunately, last night was not all sunshines and rainbows. As uh, There was the ejections, which that was more fun. But some things we want to talk about. Uh, Franco benched. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. But... First, more importantly, at least in the in the near term, uh, Jay Bruce leaves the game last night with what it seemed like and was being reported as a, a oblique injury, and that's not great. That is a real, real worry because um, it's the, for me, it's one of the most worrisome injuries for baseball players because it always seems to take so much time to recover from. It is something that uh, that is, um, uh, for some reason, it's the type of injury where they say, oh, he'll be back in two weeks, and it's always four or six. It just never seems, and it makes sense. No matter what you do in baseball, you're using your, you know, your midsection so often, and you're contorting it in such ways and violently swinging a bat or whatever. So it, it makes sense that that is a tough injury to come back from quickly, but I don't know what the Phillies do if they don't have Jake Bruce, Jay Bruce for a month. I mean, that's a devastating injury. He's been the, the best hitter on the team since he's been here. Literally, literally. He's been the best hitter on the team since he's been here. And to go without him after all the other injuries they've had, that is a, a real worry. A grade A top tier type of worry. Who to thunk when they traded for Jay Bruce to be a bench bat uh, prior to Andrew McCutcheon getting injured? Who to thunk that you know a, a month and a half later we'd be sitting here talking about Jay Bruce uh, being an imperative piece of this lineup? But here we are, and it's certainly true. He is absolutely imperative to this lineup. So um, I don't know what they do. Uh, you know, you assume they might call Nick Williams back up. He's been raking in AAA. That does nothing for me, but. Um, you know, Roman Quinn will get a little more time. I don't know. This is, uh, it's not great. It's not great. It's really bad losing Jay Bruce. So hope for the best. Hopefully it's a real mild oblique injury and that he doesn't miss any real time, maybe a week or two or something. Who knows? I would be shocked if it's not a Nile trip of some kind, but, um, let's hope for the best. Let's hope for the best because man, 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 do the Phillies need Jay Bruce. They are in trouble without Jay Bruce. So. Um, and again, never thought that I'd be saying that, but it is absolutely the truth. So um, let's uh, let's hope that Bruce is not out too long, because that's a, uh, a big injury, if uh, if so, for this team. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the Franco situation, a couple more things as well before we also look ahead to tonight's game three against the Dodgers, one one through two. Who saw that coming? We'll dive into that as well, and a whole lot more. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer, as I say, coming up. We will look ahead to uh, to what's coming up here with the rest of the series. Uh, we talked about the oblique injury for Bruce, also the ejections yesterday. Look, uh, uh, I thought again, just a quick note on them. I, I 
I couldn't tell if, if Naris threw at him on purpose again. It really looked like Will Beatty just put the bat down and ran after he hit it. Um, I think that it was kind of silly to put another base runner on in that spot. So I would hope Naris didn't do it on purpose. That would just be incredibly stupid. So I tend to think that he didn't do it on purpose. But at the same time, uh, the ump certainly thought he did. And the Dodgers certainly thought he did. And I wouldn't be shocked if there's retaliation from the Dodgers coming up tomorrow. As uh, as that, you know, look, they were pissed. They were pissed. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, speaking of ejections and Gabe getting ejected, let's talk about Gabe for a sec, too. Is Gabe bench Franco heading into the game. Segura also had the lineup as Kingers at short, but um, Brad Miller homered at their base. And Franco, of course, did not hustle out a play two nights ago in the 16-2 loss when it was still a one nothing game, bases loaded. Could have mattered. I, I, a lot of people think he would have been safe at first for sure. I'm not 100% sure of that. He's really slow, but he probably... Would have made it to first base and been safe. Could have scored a run, kept a bases loaded situation alive further as well. Um, and apparently Kapler benched him for it, which it feels hollow to me when, you know, he didn't bench Segura. He didn't bench Cesar. But now that it's Franco, a guy who's been benched for his poor play multiple times, like and not benched just because he doesn't hustle, but also because just he's not good enough. So it just feels, I don't know. I don't know if Gabe really did bench him because of the hustle. That's what it seemed to uh, was said. But, look, I feel like in the situation that that was presented, the way that, look, we talked about at the time ad nauseum, but I felt, and look, uh, you know, he's so here, Kapler. So in the moment, I really thought it was a major mistake not to sit Segura after that second instance of not hustling out on the first play of a game. I thought it was a major mistake. And then I thought it was a mistake to also not sit Caesar. But at that point, Kepler didn't really have a choice. If you don't sit Segura and then you sit Cesar, it's saying, all right, that dude's more important than you, so he doesn't have to do it. But you do. And now when you do sit Franco, what does that say about Cesar and about Segura and about the other guys? It's like, all right, so important guys... They, they get a mulligan. Oh, and if there are other guys, they get two mulligans or three mulligans or, or who knows, all the mulligans. We're not going to bench them no matter what they do. But if it's the guy who's eh, not as good, the guy who's, you know, not going to start every night anyway, the guy who hasn't started every night anyway for good reason, who goes through these weird little hot stretches, but for the most part is not a very good hitter or player. But he does it and he gets benched. I don't know. It just, it really felt hollow to me. And look, I have no problem with Franco being benched. As as you know, if you listen to the show, I'm not the biggest Mike Franco fan. I certainly liked Brad Miller in the lineup. And Miller showed off that bat as well with the homer. So um, it worked out certainly for last night. But I don't know. I, I just feel like, I feel like as I've said with Kapler, and I've been a, a pretty big defender of Kapler in general over the course of his tenure, certainly over the last few months this season, while people have started to sour more on him again, yet again, yet again. Um, but uh, I, this, the, the Segura thing really bothered me with Kapler. And now this situation where um, it just feels like too often they come out lifeless and listless. And I, and I know you also have to blame the players for that too. That's not an all on game, but at the same time, like, at a certain point, Gabe has to take some ownership of that as well. And 
I just don't know if there's a, a line being drawn here in the clubhouse where certain things are tolerated and certain things other uh, aren't because um, it, there is really not a lot of accountability uh, on some of these nights. Again, that 16-2 game was a debacle. I mean, we talked about it, but the idea that no one on the field knew it was the third out of the inning and they're all just standing there, I mean, what is that? What is that? And the fact that when they're coming off the field, Gabe isn't like yelling at him. I know that's not his personality, but I'd love to see a little emotion from him that is not, you know, getting tossed by an umpire, which is, again, either planned or like last night, just kind of a situational type of thing where he didn't even really do much. He just was like, all right, whatever. Um, But I just, uh, it doesn't seem like he shows a lot of emotion with the players. It doesn't seem like he reprimands them. I know that, look, he's been, again, for the second straight year, really poor at acknowledging negatives with the media. And I don't have a huge problem with that. I never want him to throw players under the bus or anything like that. Um, but, to, you know, after that 16-2 game, to imply, like, you know, that it wasn't that big a deal and this one game that, you know, he doesn't have seem to have any answers for the questions. Why didn't Franco hustle? I got to look into that. That kind of stuff. I, I was question asking that. So, you know, all that. It just... Again, I don't I don't need him to throw his players under the bus. I don't need him to always tell me the truth. I just need him to be a little more real. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little more honest. A little more real. Like like the first question of the press conference was uh, you know, how would you describe the loss? And he's you know, had some pat answer and then um and then someone was like, Would you call it embarrassing? And he's like, Well, it wasn't encouraging, I'll say that. And it's like you could say it's embarrassing. Losing sixteen to two at home is embarrassing. It just is and that was certainly an embarrassing one considering that fourth inning where it was like Little League Baseball out there. Bad, horrible Little League Baseball. So, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like it's fair in that, in that situation to just say, yeah, it was embarrassing. Like, we, we stunk. We didn't deserve to win. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes and it doesn't seem like Kapler really trends that way, but I think that he would really gain a lot of love from the fan base if he did, and look, I know that he's not managing or doing whatever for the fan base, nor should he, but um, I don't know. It it just sometimes feels like he's not being very genuine, and and I think that can be very frustrating when people just want to root for their team and uh, and feel like they're getting an honest, uh, honest reaction from uh from the managers and players and all that stuff and, and i think in this case um they're not feeling that way so uh hopefully Cavler can kind of figure it out here big win last night hopefully he can kind of catapult them they're still obviously in the second wild card spot there as uh they um despite struggles the milwaukee brewers have been just one of the worst teams in baseball i also have the rockies who were the two teams that that you know, have scared me the most for the most part of those teams. Look, I'm, I think the Nationals are just better than the Phillies. They're they're out in front, not even including them. Um, but of the teams, are really competing. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But right now, they are a playoff team, so that is worth noting, worthwhile. And uh, you know, it, we're going to stop saying if the season ended today because that does sound silly. But um, hopefully the Phillies can uh, can use the win last night to kind of catapult them further where they want to be. Back at it tonight, a big one is Nick Pavetta takes on Kenta Maeda. Uh, Maeda's been great for the Dodgers, but if you remember, Pavetta's first start back up from the minors, comes up to pitch in Los Angeles, was 
outstanding. Maybe his best start still of the season. Six innings. Uh, the complete game against Reds is good too, but six innings, nine Ks, only three hits allowed. Hopefully, man, something close to that, Nick. We need it. And then uh, tomorrow, day game, Aaron Nolan against Ross Stripling. That'll be a good one too. A 12-35er. But uh, it all starts tonight. Big one tonight. The Phillies need Nick Pavetta to bring it. Nick, that would suck, please. And maybe the team can win that, use that momentum. And if they can win tonight, they have split with the Dodgers. Who could have seen that coming? That would be really exciting. So uh, hopefully that's what happens either way. We will be back to break it down tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.